Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome back to another episode of Steelers Stat Geek. This is behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again on a Thursday morning. Wait, no, wait a second. It's not Thursday morning. It's Tuesday. What? Did we upload the wrong podcast? Is there a problem here? No, it's no problem. I don't know if half others had set you up for this or not. I know I had been announcing on the audio side. There was a switch this week. We had a switch between myself and Jeffrey Benedict. He is taking care of some family business out of town and isn't going to be back in town in order to do the cutting room floor. So we said, do you want to just not do it this week or do you want to switch and go Thursday? He's like, Come on, he's got to come through for his loyal listeners. So Jeffrey Benedict's cutting room floor will be on this Thursday, and instead you are graced with Stat Geek on Tuesday. Now, for those of you here expecting the cutting room floor, ooh, I hope you haven't left already. If you haven't left and you've never checked out Steeler Stat Geek, hey, join us here. It's going to be fun. These two shows, we we do some very similar things. Jeffrey likes to dive into numbers. I like to dive into numbers. And man, we've got to dive into something because you don't want to dive too much into the actual play of the Pittsburgh Steelers because man, oh man, that was rough on Sunday. Ooh, it's fresh in my mind. I'm, I'm going to tell a little story. Jeff, Jeff told this story mostly on Let's Ride, but man, I just, I had a tough time with everything with seeing the game, getting the game, hearing the game. There was a few plays in the middle of the game that I did not either hear on on the radio or see on television, and I was getting play-by-play as I was driving from one Brian Anthony Davis. He called me to see if everything was okay, and it made my, my the, the app on my phone shut down. So therefore, I said, Brian, you got to stay here and give me play-by-play. It was All it was was the Bills field goal. Um, the one that they actually made. Uh, but man, it was, it was such a rough day for Jeff and I with behind the steel curtain, regardless of how the Steelers play. You take how the Steelers played and put it on top of that. Man, oh man, was it was a, it was a Sunday suck fest. We'll just say that. And speaking of sucking, yeah, that's what the Steelers did. I'm going to say this, and you're going to hear this probably more than once on this episode, which this episode is, is called Building Beyond Bad Business in Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. It was bad in Buffalo. It's bad. And I know the fan base, all you have to do is go into the live chat of the post game show. My goodness. That was, I, I got really frustrated with some stuff because, man, all you can do is so many times say, you know, Everyone's to blame here. This starts it's from the top down, bottom up, coaches, players. Everyone needs to be, you know, take accountability for a performance like this. And then people turn around and say, you're just an apologist for the Steelers. I'm like, I, I don't understand. It's because, I mean, people, I guess people were upset that I wasn't screaming for everyone to be fired. I wasn't screaming for every player to be benched. And because that's just... That is so dumb and unrealistic. The thing is, everyone needs to be held accountable. Everyone's got to be better. And I'll be honest with you. Some people are sure and convinced that there's just one move or one thing that can happen, and this team is suddenly going to go from what we saw on Sunday to being an instant contender. If there was that one thing and we knew what that one thing was, I'd be all for it. And there's a lot of people that think they know what that one thing is. And guess what? You're probably not right. And chances are the Steelers probably aren't going to do it because that's not one thing. If it was simply firing this coach and everything would be fine or replacing this player and everything would be fine, 
do it. But that's not the answer. It's really not. And we want to think that it's an answer, but you've got to set some some reality into it. And that's kind of what we do here with Steelers Stat Geek when we look at the numbers. We look at the reality of things. So many times I've looked at narratives that people have brought up and saying, oh, like how many times do I have to have to squash the one about the offensive line being bad this year? They're not what we expected or what we anticipated as fans to start the season. They started off better than I expected and got better faster. Now, was it a perfect performance? No, it was not. Um, have, do I think their best performance was this week? No, I don't. I, I honestly think most likely the best performance that we saw from the offensive line might have. It's a toss-up between New England and Cleveland, in all honesty. But this is actually one of the highest-ranked passing off pass-blocking offensive lines in the NFL right now. So it is what it is. But I'm just saying I like to use some numbers and data to break down some things that people may or may not think. For example, a lot of people are like, man, it would be the Steelers. The biggest thing they should do is they need to give Isaiah Loudermilk a a helmet. Um, It it should be Chris Wormley. He can't stop the run now. I haven't updated everything because there's still one more game to be played. This is obviously, I don't have all the data from the Monday night football game with this coming out very first thing Tuesday morning. But when it even comes to the Steelers, Chris Wormley going into this past week was actually their highest rated run blocking defensive lineman, not run blocking run their best defensive lineman against the run there. I finally said it correctly. Um, believe it or not. And that's from Pope pro football focus. You could take that for, for what it's worth. You know, we Steelers fans love PFF when it tells them the Steelers are good and, and they hate it when it says the Steelers are bad and they, de- and they hate it the most when it tells them that Steelers players are good, that they think is think are bad. That's, that's the, that's the big deal there. I'm not completely sold on PFF. I look at it as just one of many measuring sticks. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't get to see all of this game with my own eyes uh, because of the various debacles with uh, television and radio. Well, the radio was okay and whatnot. Um, and I'm sorry. Um, I would not sentence any Steeler fan to have to watch this game again. <laughs> I mean, some people that are that, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, especially with it only now this show running on Tuesday morning that I just honestly couldn't do it. But here's something to remember. Okay. You got to build beyond the bad business in Buffalo and you got to remember Pittsburgh Steelers. You can't go back and unsuck against the bills. You can't go back and unsuck against the bills. You sucked against the bills. Own it. Learn from it. Get better. All right. So, so they can't go back. All you can do is go forward. That's the only, the only thing they can do. So let's look at some of the numbers going forward. What we're going to do, you know, I'll highlight a couple things that I do in my, um, by the numbers article after the game. Unfortunately, I can't do the zebra tech technology stat of if anything that deals with the Steelers because I haven't got that from zebra technologies yet because week five is not officially over because of Monday night. I usually don't get those until Wednesday to then have, uh, for Thursday. So, well, sometimes I get them late on Tuesday, but it, it, either way, it doesn't matter. I don't have that. If there's a good one, I'll try to do both of them next week, uh, if I can remember to do so. But a couple of the numbers in my article, I don't know if anyone noticed the trend. Every other number I put up there was zero. I started with zero. I ended with zero. And every other number I I outlined was zero. So the zeros that I did, 
the, the Steelers were they, they were zero with the turnover margin. I always start with that. They had two takeaways, but turned the ball over twice. And honestly, when they, and turnovers don't make a big difference in a game that's this one-sided. Turnovers make a big difference in games that are close. And this game was nowhere in 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 the neighborhood of close. Okay. Um the, the Steelers um scored zero points after their first offensive drive. First offensive drive after that, zero points. And we're gonna talk about that here shortly. Um uh, how to bounce them back from that. Uh, the Steelers were 0 for 4 in the in the red zone. Obviously they didn't score any touchdowns in the game, so they were 0 for 4. They reached the red zone four times. Okay. Um, they did the zero or the zero, the Steelers, another zero of the Steelers. They did not force a punt from Buffalo until after Josh Allen was pulled from the game. So that was another zero. Uh, the Steelers did had zero sacks. They had one quarterback hit and that was from Minka Fitzpatrick, zero sacks on 36 passing attempts. So, and of course the big zero that matters the most was the zero in the win column. So another number, just to highlight real quick, is that the Bills had four touchdown drives. No, they had five touchdown drives in all, but four of their touchdown drives were three plays or less. The opening drive of the game, three plays. That was their second longest scoring drive in terms of plays on the day. Second longest, because they had two of them that were two plays and one that was one play. Wow. That's why the Steelers had a more than 12-minute time of possession advantage in this game. You can't say the defense was tired uh, because they were on the field the whole time because, no, the Steelers held the ball for 36-08 versus 23-52 by the Bills because the Bills didn't have to hold the ball. They scored so quickly. So these were not good numbers. The Steelers had more first downs than the Bills, 23 to 21. But when a first down play goes for 98 yards, that's why that happens. The Steelers ran 18 more plays than the Bills because the Bills didn't need as many plays to to, to take up yards. All I'm doing is piling on the suck, telling you how bad this game was terrible for the Steelers. But remember, you got to remember, the Steelers – can't go back and unsuck against the Bills. These are what they are. Now, where do they go from here? We're going to, in the second half, I'll dive into the into the next matchup like I usually do. That seems to be really weird to be doing that on a Tuesday morning, but I still wanted to give you the same format that I, that I normally give for a stat geek. So that's why we're going to do that. But he, here's some things that I wanted to look at specifically. Go to look at this specifically. Three different things that the Steelers did in this game that were really, really bad. One, they lost by more than 30 points. We're going to look at some games that the Steelers lost by more than 30 points. Two, they scored less than seven points. Six points or less. They did not. Now, there's some some games where the Steelers had more than seven points, but they didn't have a touchdown. I'm not counting those. My thing is that no more than two field goals, okay, where the Steelers scored either six or three points. That's another thing that they did here. And we got to look at, you know, how did the Steelers rebound from those games? And then there is, of course, giving up the 500 yards of offense to their opponent. All right. So we're going to look at those three things. 
And what we're going to do, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to break them down and I'm going to go back to the Mike Tomlin era because this is the Mike Tomlin led Pittsburgh Steelers. He is the head coach. So it is what it is now. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. So, oh, I thought I was going to sneeze there. All right. I cleared it. All right. We're good. Let's keep rolling. All right. So this, I mean, Mike Tomlin is the head coach. We're going back to 2007. To me, this game coming up, you know, shaking off the suck, uh, you know, getting, getting that bad taste out of your mouth, how the Steelers respond is going to tell me more about this team being Mike Tomlin's team. And if it's been Mike Tomlin's team since 2007, or if it was Ben Roethlisberger's team. All right. So I'm going to say that one more time. Looking back, are are you going to look back and say from 2007 up through, and I'm still going to include the year he was out, up through 2021, were those years, was it Mike Tomlin's team or was it Ben Roethlisberger's team? And I honestly believe that we will see an indication. Doesn't I'm not talking victory. I'm not talking about about anything else. I'm talking about fight. I'm talking about bounce back. I'm talking about playing at a higher level after that performance that there was in Buffalo. That is is this going to be? Can we now look at those those years in there as as, as Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger, or maybe it's both. You know, most likely it is both. But I'm still looking under Mike Tomlin because. That's the expectation. Mike Tomlin is still here. So Mike Tomlin needs to do what he needs to do with this team to turn it around. Can't put it on Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Not here anymore. So here we go. The thing that's interesting is those three things, 500 yards, less less than seven points, and a 30-point loss. Those three things have not all three happened in the same game against or with the Pittsburgh Steelers where they were the victim of these things under Mike Tomlin. None. Some of them overlap into two, but nothing has been in all three until Sunday where they gave up more than 500 yards. They lost by more than 30 points and they scored less than seven. So that you'll see a couple overlaps here. Like here, they're 30 point losses. 30 point losses. Now I'm 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 I will tell you these are regular season because it doesn't really help to do stuff with postseason because you can't see how the team goes the next week. Because everything that I'm doing is what did the Steelers do in the next game after these things? That's the point. So looking at the postseason, that didn't really help. So here we go. Steelers, 30 point losses. They had three of them before this past week under Mike Tomlin. All right. So going back, we'll start with the earliest ones and come to, come to the most recent ones. 2016, the, in week three, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost in Philadelphia 34-3. That was a 31-point loss. Uh, since it was 34-3, you, you realize that this is also going to end up in the next one as well, this same game. What did they do in week four? Well, they went back home. They played at Heinz Field. They played the Kansas City Chiefs. And they won that game 43 to 14. So after only scoring three points in week three, in week four, they bounced back and they put up over 40. So they went from a minus 31 to a plus 29. You want to see that's not always going to be the case. All right, another 30 point loss by the Steelers. That would be week one of 2019, where the Steelers lost in New England 33 to 3, that 30 point loss. They had extra time because you know that was a Thursday night game. Extra time. They come in week two 
in Pittsburgh, hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I will tell you this. That was a game where the Steelers lost Ben Roethlisberger for the season at halftime. They weren't winning at halftime. But ultimately, in that game, the Steelers lost that one 28-26. to So they went from minus 30 to minus 2. So they bounced back and scored 26 points. Um, so that's just, just something to remember. So the, so far, the Steelers, you know, following a 30-point loss, they're 1-1. One all right. And then in 2021, the Steelers had a 30 point loss last season, week 12, the 41 to 10 loss in Cincinnati, lost by 31 points. The next week, week 13, 20 to 19 victory over the Baltimore Ravens in Pittsburgh. And although some people are have uh, proximity bias whenever I went through of what was the Steelers' best game of 2021. That was one of their best games of 2021. For some reason, people think that the, that their not good performance the last week of the season in Baltimore was a, was a better performance. It was not. They were playing a completely different Baltimore Ravens team in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and the Steelers did not play well and it took overtime for them to do it all, oh, but so much was in the line. True. A lot was on the line, but you want to know what? When they played Baltimore in week 13 last year, after getting shellacked by Cincinnati, Baltimore was the number one seed in the AFC at that time. They were the number one seed. And the Steelers, we don't remember Harbaugh, Wang Harbs went for the two-point conversion, didn't get it. T.J. Watt snuffed out the play. And what's funny is I can't remember the game earlier in the season, but someone else ran that exact same play against the Steelers, and it worked. Um and But this time, T.J. Watt was ready for it, and it did not. But anyway, the Steelers won that game, bounced back, scored 20 points, uh, and that was their lowest point output following a 30-point loss under Mike Tomlin was 20 points. Um, so that's something to look at this week. Can the Steelers go over 20 points? So those are those, those three games. Let's go into the games where the Steelers um, scored only three or six points under Mike Tomlin. There's a lot more of these, but some of these overlapped. Okay, uh, There's actually seven of them. Okay, so I'll try to roll through these kind of quick. We'll start with the first one, which was in 2007, which was also, this game has two things that are very strange about it. It was week 12 versus Miami. It was It's the only home game under Mike Tomlin, which the Steelers scored less than seven points. It's also the only game they won. They, remember, they beat Miami three to nothing in a monsoon um, in 2007. Um, is that the one where the ball stuck in the in the turf? I'm trying to remember. I think that might have been the been that. I, I can't remember <laughs> that one. That one sticks in my mind a lot. Um, but the next week, the Steelers they they hosted Cincinnati and they won that game 24 to 10. So they bounced back from scoring three points to scoring 24 points. 2008 week week eight um, in Philadelphia, the Steelers lost um, six to 15. In I said week eight. I think it was week three. I think I wrote that down wrong. Because um, then it was week four is what I had after that. Um, they played Baltimore at home, and they won 23 to 20. It might, I don't know if that was week three or four, week eight, nine. I, I got my things mixed up a little bit. It was one of those. Okay, 2009, week 14 at Cleveland. They lost 13 to six. A week 15, they turned around, and they beat Green Bay 37 to 36 at home. That was the infamous uh, game-winning touchdown to Mike Wallace as time expired. Uh, man, that was a pretty play. Uh, 2011, in week 15, the Steelers on Monday Night Football lost 20 to 3 in San Francisco. They come back in week 16, and they beat St. Louis at home 27 to nothing. 
2014 in week two, the Steelers lost in Baltimore 26 to six. The very next week, they turn around and they beat Carolina in Carolina 37 to 19. Then in 2016, week three, we already talked about this one. Um, actually, the last two, we talked about both of them. Uh, that was the 2016 in Philadelphia. They bounced back and beat them in, in one in Kansas City. And then the week one in New England and uh, turned around and lost uh, the next week as well, 26 to 28 versus Seattle. Here's the thing from those. With the Steelers scoring those few points, they are 6-1 and one in games after that. Okay? With the ones where they gave up 30-point losses, they were 2-1 and one after that. They were 6-1 and one in ones where they scored less than seven points. They scored at least 23 points in all those games, and they actually averaged 31 points. This is what we've seen in the Mike Tomlin era following a loss like this. I want to see it again. I want to see it again and know that it was Mike Tomlin and not Ben Roethlisberger. And then moving on real quick, there's only a couple of these. The Steelers have only given up 500 yards of offense in a regular season game two other times. Two other times um, under Mike Tomlin. 2013, week nine at New England, that was a 55-31 to 31 loss. The Steelers gave up 610 yards in New England. Uh, the very next week, they, they hosted Buffalo. Huh, Buffalo. Uh, they won that game 23-10, to 10, and they held Buffalo to 227 yards of offense. So good bounce back. So that was, that, that's a check. That's a win. But then you go back to 2021 last year. And the only time the Steelers gave it more than 500 yards, no, it wasn't that game with Cincinnati. It was the week before. It was against the Chargers in L.A. The Steelers lost 37-41. to 41. The Chargers had 533 yards of offense. And the very next week, the Steelers came back, gave up 41 points again in a loss at Cincinnati, and gave up 370 yards. So that's one and one. That's one and one. So the Steelers are one and one when giving up a bunch of yards afterwards. They're two and one when they lose by 31 points in the next week, but they are six and one when they don't score many points. What does that mean? I don't know. Cause you want to know why this is not the same Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't have Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. Can Mike Tomlin rally the troops? It's your job. It's what you're meant to do. It's what you need to do. We went over a little bit in the first half. We went over a lot, actually. But the second half isn't going to be nearly as long. I'll explain that when we get back, when we're comparing the matchup this week at Acrisure Stadium, the Pittsburgh Steelers facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am ready to go on to the next game because, man, I don't want to think about this one from Buffalo anymore. So please stick with me through the break. We'll be right back. And we're back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Let's look at this upcoming matchup. Only the way that I do, or the way I always do, I guess I should say, is looking at the rankings of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the rankings of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and comparing them. I'll tell you one thing. The Pittsburgh Steelers are at least consistently bad. Tampa Bay is all over the place. They really are. They are, they are not a very balanced team. The Steelers are much more balanced than Tampa. 
uh, in a bad way, but they're much more balanced. Uh, so if you want to see some silver linings, there you go. Uh, they're a much more balanced team. But just so you know, I go through, look at all these numbers each week um, to, to see where they rank. I look at yardage. I do this both for offense and defense. I look at where they rank yardage, points, run yards, passing yards. I also throw in where I look at uh, sacks and turnovers on both offense and defense as well. But I will tell you, in order to do this, I did not have the stats for Monday Night Football. In all honesty, that game's going on right now while I record. I don't even know what's going on. Um, So I don't have those. So I did have to adjust, just so you know. I did it rather than based on total totals of these. I did it based on the per-game average. So, therefore, it it took into account that Kansas City and Las Vegas had only played four games and not five. So these were accurate before they played. Now, if somebody tears it up or is really bad and where where they would fluctuate it, the most it could change these ranks are, 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 are by two spots on any of these. But I had to go with what I had, so that's my disclaimer. Let's dive into it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yardage in the NFL, offense. They're 21st. They're 21st, 337.6 yards per game. The Steelers are 28th, 295.8 yards per game. So there's not a huge separation when you talk about the yardage per game of these two teams. Then you look at the points scored. Tampa's tied for 19th. 19th, scoring 20.6 points a game, where the Steelers, they're 30th. Of course they're going to drop after last week. They only scored three points. They are only averaging 15.4 points a game, 30th in the NFL. So, well, that's not that far from 28th, so that's pretty average. But, uh, you know, here, Tampa, they were 21st and then tied for 19th. Here's where they get unbalanced. Let's talk Steelers first when it comes to rushing offense. Because the Steelers, they're 29th in the NFL, averaging 88.6 yards per game, which is better than Tampa Bay, who is 31st in the NFL, averaging 66 yards on the ground per game. Yeah, Tampa is not very balanced. They are not running the ball well. But then when you look at the passing yards, Tampa is throwing for 271.6 yards per game, third in the NFL, third in the NFL. Yeah, you had to figure that out. Well, they were 31st in rushing. How how were they? Yeah, the third in passing, all right, where the Steelers are 23rd in passing um, with 207.2 yards per game. So that's actually the Steelers' highest rank on offense. It's tied for the highest rank overall is 23rd. So that tells you that the Steelers are in the bottom quarter of everything, pretty much. I mean – their twenty, their their best ranking is twenty a twenty third rank on offense, a twenty third rank on defense, which barely puts them into the bottom of the second to last quarter, rather than the bottom quarter when you split it up by eight teams. So, this is where the Steelers are right now. Um, Tampa has been sacked only six, seven times. Well, seven times where a penalty wasn't called. Don't even get me started on that. That was trust. Trust me. If you follow the NFL, you've probably seen that a bunch about how Tom Brady got laid down gently and still got they flagged uh, Atlanta for for roughing the passer and which handed the game to Tampa because that was on third down for Atlanta to get the, to get the ball back and they didn't get it back for that reason. But they've they've been sacked seven times. Steelers have been sacked eleven times. Um, the Tampa has turned the ball over six times. Steelers turned the ball over nine times. 
It's not all on the offense, of course, because, you know, um, two of those have been special teams for the Steelers. Yuck. So uh, that's where they stand with those rankings. Let's look at the defense. Let's look at the defense. All right. Once again, Tampa, not very balanced. Okay. They're sixth in yardage, giving up 309 yards a game, where the Steelers are 30th in yardage, 416.8 yards per game. That's what happens when you throw up, what was it, 524 yards into the mix from a game here. Whew. When it comes to points, Tampa, sixth. They give up 16.6 points a game, which is actually more than what the Steelers average per game. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, the steel, Meaning on offense. Uh, the Steelers' points per game, they're giving up 25.6 a game. That's 26th in the NFL. When it comes to rushing defense, Tampa's 18th. That's where they have a big drop-off, 115.6 yards per game on the ground. The Steelers are 23rd. They're not that far off with 129.2 yards per game that they surrender. And that's actually the Steelers. It's funny. That's Tampa's worst ranking against the Steelers' best ranking, and Tampa still has them by five spots. Yikes. Um, And then through the air, you know, uh, passing yards, Tampa's ranked sixth in the NFL with 193.4 that they surrender, where the Steelers are ranked 31st, 287.6 yards per game through the air. That's right, 31st. The only team that's given up more yards passing is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Steelers still only have 10 sacks on the year. They're really down. This is, It's not looking like they're going to get anywhere close to um, their – their mark of 50 that they've been setting for a bunch of years. Tampa's got almost twice as many. They've got 19. Um, the Steelers, they have 10 takeaways. Uh, Tampa has nine takeaways. So that's one thing the Steelers have a little bit of advantage of. But right now, I will tell you this. Somewhere, everywhere you look, you're like, oh, that's bad for the Steelers. But nowhere that they rank last. The worst is 31st in air yards. But there is something they rank last in. The Steelers are currently worst in the NFL in point differential. Negative 51. Negative 51. You're like, wow, that's bad. Wow, that's bad. I will tell you this. Steelers had a winning record last year, made the postseason. They had a bigger point differential last year, negative 55. That number's got to go down. And the way that number goes down is winning, winning games. Every time you win a game, that number goes down. Anytime you lose a game, that number gets even worse. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, they just got to win. You got to win. And, and I'll, I'm the first to say it. I did not – Ever since the schedule came out, I did not predict the Steelers to go into Buffalo and win. I didn't. I really didn't. And does it matter if they lose by 35 or if they lose by one? It's the exact same thing in the loss column, honestly. But, man, you don't feel very good about that. Man, you get embarrassed. And part of me is like, if you're going to lose, part of me is like, if it's if it takes an embarrassing loss in a game that you weren't going to win anyway, I'd rather them lose embarrassingly and then do something to fix it than, you know, lose one in a squeaker where they lose by one or two points and be like, man, then they have what we talked about on the preview last week, that moral victory. There are no moral victories in the NFL. So if there are no moral victories, then I guess technically there's no bad losses. There's no moral victories. There's no bad losses, meaning doesn't matter if the Steelers lost by 35 or if they lost by one. But as we say with the fan base, when you have that moral victory, even when you lose and you play well, you can, you can think that your, your trajectory is in the right direction. 
That does make you feel better. And when you have that bad, bad loss like the Steelers just had, it doesn't give you hope to go into the next week. But I'll say it one more time. The Steelers are only as bad as their last game, and they're only as good as their last game. So what the Steelers need now is another game that they play better. They need to bounce. They've got to bounce back. They've got to, they've got to shake off that, that, that suck fest from, from, from Buffalo because I'm going to say it one more time. Got to say it because I've been saying it over and over and over again. You can't go back and unsuck against the Bills. It's done. You sucked. Okay. You've got to go on for it. You've got to build beyond the bad business in Buffalo. All right, with that said, that is your Steeler Stat Geek on a special Tuesday edition. You will hear Jeffrey Benedict on Thursday. If you tune in Thursday and you hear Jeffrey and you're like, I miss Stat Geek, it's still here. You can still come back and listen to it. Just, I mean, I won't have the Zebra technology update thing, but we'll we'll see if we can catch up with that. But, man, oh, man, this, it's, this is tough. This is a tough time for Steelers fans. I mean, I will say this. I know it's the end of the show. But the one thing that I have to be careful about, I had to be careful about this show, is because it's airing on Tuesday and not Thursday, I can't take shots at the Yins guys without them, without them not being able to take them back into their next show because they, they, they can hear this before they record their show. But uh, I will tell you what, I do not envy those guys this week because uh, after a performance like that, if you're trying to look at Steelers social media, yikes, uh, it's bad. And, and I will tell you this, I'm ride or die, not ride or die crew. I know a lot of you are ride or die crew. My nerds are steel out there. Um, and this goes to some of you that are out there. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes sarcasm, which when you do it online, it's called trolling, just so you know. Sarcasm is something that help, helps you, helps, you know, comfort you. But when your sarcasm is just a repeat of everybody else's sarcasm, it's, it's not funny. It's really not. Um, prime example, I do an article when the Steelers lose. What was the game-changing play? You know what? I had people hitting me up on Twitter, hitting it up in the comments of the article, hitting up everywhere, thinking they're funny, saying the coin toss. Sorry, somebody beat you to that first. The other 83 of you that said it, you're just late to the party and lame. Because someone else beat you to the punchline. So you can repeat it. That's fine. But sorry, eh, you missed it. Um, And also, when you talk about the game-changing moment, the Steelers actually won the coin toss. They actually won the coin toss. They actually had a good first play of the game, pinning the Bills at the two-yard line. They actually had two more good plays after that where the Bills gained zero yards. Then it all went downhill. So to say that was a game-changing play because it had to be during the game, oh, the coin toss. You know what? They won the coin toss. That didn't change anything. Didn't change anything. You know what changed it? Probably started when they gave up a 98-yard touchdown. That was one of them. Probably, you know, another one, they gave up a 62-yard touchdown in the midst of going three and out three straight times. They fumbled the kickoff, the first one that they got, and gave it back to the Bills. I mean, my goodness, there's plenty of things going on there. Um, I even said that, that the Steelers, you knew when, when they waved the white flag, when it was fourth and five at the Buffalo 15 with, you know, still in the second quarter, but time running that three, less than four minutes left in the second quarter. And they kicked the field goal. 
When Mike Tom was asked about it after the game, he referred to the one in the second half. That, that, that one was the big one. That was the one. That was the chance that you had to say, hey, we're going to go for it here, and we're going to fight. We're fighting back to get in there. And even though we missed the field goal, it didn't matter. He could have made the field goal. That waved the white flag on the game. You gave up on your team before halftime, Coach Tomlin, and then people wonder why they gave up on you in the second half. I'm just saying that's how it was. So sometimes you don't realize that you think, oh, well, you know, you need some points to build momentum. You were down, at, you know, 20, 20, you know, what was it? 21 points at the time. Three points didn't change it from being a three-score game. It didn't. If you wanted to spark something to get your team back in, there was your opportunity. You didn't, you didn't try to ride that spark. You kind of conceded the game at that time. At that time. And so your players did. So sometimes, you know, you, you wonder where, the, where those things go. Not all the players. There was a lot of them that fought. Like I, my, my guy Cam Hayward, my goodness, I still can't believe seeing that guy running down a play, you know, 20, 25 yards downfield on the sidelines. He's trying to still run down a guy um, and successfully doing it. Um, he's got a lot of fight in him. But this whole team needs to fight. You got to come back and fight. The team needs to fight. The coaches need to fight. I know the game, this, this podcast should have been over before, but uh, yeah, make sure you check out one Jid's talking about on Thursday. Anyway, those guys are, do not have an easy, have an easy job this week. Um, trying to, 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 to see how, how much the sky is falling. Oh, hey, the sky is falling after a performance like that. All it takes is one to turn it around, turn it around, get it going in the right direction. It, it's, the ship has not sunk. It's just taken on a lot of water. you got a lot of work to do to be able to turn it around. So make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts. Uh, man, I'm not used to, to, to being on a Tuesday morning to say what's coming up next. So it's the, it's the Steelers Fix. Steelers Fix is what's coming on after this one. That's right. And I hope you enjoyed uh, last night's Hangover. If you didn't check that out already, I was in the live chat. Um, I was also cooking dinner. I didn't chat a bunch, but uh, catching that one live—that was a great show. If you didn't, if you didn't listen to that one, make sure you go back and do it. And check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We are still breaking down everything for you. We are not going anywhere. We're sticking by this team, even if the victories are few and far between. Hopefully, they can start being a little bit more frequent. But hey, you can't. Nothing. Nothing happens to get the next win. You got to get the next win, and they have an opportunity to do it on Sunday, whether or not they can or not. That's why you got to tune in to see. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for tuning in. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out with me. We'll see you next Thursday.